Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds, and very special guest, Joe Weston. A very special edition. He's here today. He actually was here, and we were like, you know what, Joe? Let's talk sports. So since you guys do Ned Talk together, I figured, uh, why not? Let's yeah. do it. Let's have our own Friday edition of Ned Talk before Ned Talk, the pre-Ned <laughs> Talk, if you will, the pre-pre-pre-game. Are you surprised that there are tickets still out there for the Chiefs-Packers game? Last last time this happened, the out-conference game, those were probably the highest tickets the entire season. But there's still some available. I can't imagine why one player's absence, even though it is Aaron Rodgers, the National Football League MVP, I can't imagine why his absence would reduce the ticket prices, which they have done. They've dropped them down by 70-some dollars. That's to the the average ticket going in, and why there are still tickets available. This is a must-see game. They're the Green Bay Packers, for heaven's sake. And just because Rodgers won't be in there, and it's not the Mahomes versus Rodgers matchup that many wanted to see, it's still going to be a pretty good football game, and Jordan Love is a capable quarterback. I I, I don't understand the mindset of the some of the sports fans. Of course, there is a key here. These tickets that aren't purchased, our Green Bay Packers fans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they're the season ticket holders that were sitting on these pairs going, this will pay for half my damn season. I mean, that there are so many people that do it that way that look at non-conference games and say, okay, well, um, yeah, we, we don't play. The Cowboys, there's a ton, you know, Cowboys travel well, so there'll be a lot of Cowboys fans that'll pay a lot of money for this game. You know what I mean? Same thing with the Packers. But it's the same thing that happened with Favre, you know? As soon as Favre was done, everyone was like, ah, this team's dead. And then all of a sudden, our savior, Aaron Rodgers, is back. Well, the future is Jordan Love, and you better get behind your it TV. It is not a one-man game. Exactly, And your players are all pros. Come on, people, use your heads a little bit. Well, it's a perfect day for football. I mean, it's going to be damn near the 70s, uh, especially after the Monday night game when it's raining and Ned's, Ned's doing backflips. <laughs> So Thursday night football last night, uh, I think first, uh, you know, I, I kind of made fun of ourselves all season long because we usually dump on those games and meh, not no good. But up until last night, really, there have been some dandies last night, though. Not really a, well, it was for the I Colts, the, I guess. Uh, New York Jets show that they have some fight in them. They're not really a very good football team. Indianapolis is a contender. The Colts get off to a big lead in this ballgame, up at one time, 42-16, to 16, and they're coasting. Let's face it, these guys know what the story is. Win the game 45-30. to 30. But the fact is, the Jets don't sell them short. They could beat some teams, not going to beat very many, but they could beat some teams down the stretch. And the Colts will be a contender in their division now that the Tennessee Titans are compromised in some respects. So uh, yeah, there, there's a long way to go in this one. But it is a Colts victory, as expected, 45-30. Mm-hmm. Big time. And uh, they put the they put the they put put their foot on the pedal in that first half. They big, did. big time. That run game was crazy, like you were saying, Joe. Yeah, I watched the game last night, and the, and the Indianapolis' run game was very impressive. I was not unimpressed with the Jets. I feel like they've got some pieces, and in the next couple of years that they will be a contender. I like the philosophy that they're taking there, what they're trying to build with young guys and play those young guys, move away from the veterans and see what these young guys can do. I think that that's that's a good philosophy for them. So I was not unimpressed. I didn't feel like the Jets were just a god-awful football team. Uh, Again, the Colts looked really, really good last night. I don't know if that's a product of playing the Jets or not, but 
it, I thought it was a good game. It was pretty exciting to watch. It was. If you're a Colts fan, I uh, what I took away with it from it was while I'm watching it, I, I had this sinking suspicion that if you could describe my fantasy football team this year, it would be the New York Jets. <laughs> um, so it actually kind of made me really depressed. Uh, let's talk baseball. There are some Cardinals, as expected, that are free agents. This was a totally no surprise. Yeah, no, no surprise. We, the we Cardinals had until yesterday to exercise their options on these two players, and you knew they weren't going to. Matt Carpenter being one of them, so he is now a free agent. And the other, my goodness, you talk about a guy who has really gone up and down, Carlos Martinez, who, quite frankly, and it was down here, he was a problem down here with the Springfield Cardinals. He was a head case. And he was with the big Cardinals, too. Just never could get things together. Uh, this past year, he went out and he pitched some pretty good baseball mm-hmm. on occasion. Trouble is, you can't do it on occasion. You have to do it most of the time. And he wasn't able to do that. Got banged around. Oh, just unmercifully gave up one time, I think, 11 runs in, in uh, maybe two or three innings, something like that. And they let him stay out there to take his punishment. And that's not what they were doing. They were saving their bullpen. But... The fact of the matter remains, those two will not be with the Cardinals next year. The Cardinals did not exercise their option. And as a result, you have two more free agents now. So the Cardinals have a total of eight. They had six who'd already declared, and now these two. I'd be just curious to see. I I can't see Martinez going back with anybody because of what he was unable to accomplish. But Carpenter, I could. Uh, There's no, no understanding why he had the batting slump that he did. He's a good hitter. Maybe it's his career over. Maybe his hand-eye isn't there. But if it's not, if it was a coaching technique or something of that nature, well, then, hey, you take your chances and sign him. Do you think, Joe, that at, at this point in his career that it could have been a coaching thing? You think a veteran like that would get screwed up because the coaching regime comes in and says, hey, wait, no, you're doing this wrong. And no. listens to him? No, I don't think so. I think he's I think he's, think he's done. I think he's done. I think he's I think he played probably two seasons too long at least. Yeah. Um, he's been a been a problem for the Cardinals. He's been kind of a, an anchor that weighs them down uh, financially. And, and you know, you a guy that you're paying that much money to, you've got to get him in the lineup. And when he's not producing, it hurts the rest of the team. Yeah, it does. It really does. Weather's warming up. And we've got another Missouri State football game tomorrow. Another very important one. And uh, like we mentioned uh, before last week's game, they got to win out. How's it look in this one? Well, the assumption is that they have to win out, and I would have to agree that is it. They play Southern Illinois, which is ranked number nine in America. The The Bears are 20th in America. These are two very good football teams. Southern Illinois was here last spring in the woe-begone spring football season that we had last year, and this reporter hopes it never happens again. But they were here in the spring had a big lead over the Bears and let it get away down the stretch, and the Bears won it on a field goal at the gun. All right, Southern Illinois certainly remembers that. I think it's only been five months, and now they are a very good football team. They haven't changed. They still are the same power football team that they've had. They they are coming off a loss. They lost to Northern Iowa last week in Cedar Falls, which is not uncommon. And the Bears are coming off their scintillating win over North Dakota. So this will be an interesting football game coming up. Starts at 12 noon in Carbondale and probably going to be, uh, I would think, a fairly high-scoring football game. Both teams can score. They can put points on the board. I'll tell you, the Bears do need to win. I think the Bears are capable of winning over there in Carbondale. And 
and nothing would surprise me as to what happens here. Got to get out and get quick, right, Joe? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Missouri State graduate yeah, me many too. years ago. Yeah, me too. And uh, it's exciting to see some good football They back. didn't have football teams when we went, mm-hmm. though. It just, no, they, they, just, I, they just got they they slammed it down a couple years ago. Uh, <laughs> it was a whole different ball game when we went. Um, but yeah, if they get out and attack fast, and, and I think the I think the key to winning this game on uh, Saturday is going to be quickness. They got to play fast, and that's just really and no looking back. You can't you can't rely on those uh, late game comebacks every single time. Oh, heavens no! So you got to get out there and do it quickly. If you guys are listening, do it and go Bears. So last night, jury had an exhibition basketball game, and uh, who won that one? Drake, as everyone expected they would because they're not only the top team in the Missouri Valley, they're one of the top teams in the country. Drake has come on, played very well in the NCAA tournament last year, but the game was a whole lot more lopsided than I thought it would be. The Drury would go up there and give them a pretty good battle. But Chad Foster, who's the new coach over at Drake, uh, Drury, I should say, has, uh, these are relatively new players who are in there and they haven't come together yet. Drake was the winner. I'm trying to soften this a little bit. 96 to 49. Wow. And it was 54 to 21 at the half. Wow. Uh, the the Drake team is really good. And Coach Foster said after the game, when you're up against that kind of talent and that kind of size, and uh, you're a D2 team, as Drury is, uh, you're going to have problems, especially in the early going. But, but it's a very good learning experience for Drury. And I really feel they're going to benefit from something like this. But Drake, Drake's going to be a load to handle for the Bears and for everybody else in the Valley. Let me ask you a question. If Drury can play Missouri Valley Conference team like Drake, what is preventing them from renewing their rivalry with our own Missouri State Bears? We have a next question. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Joe, in all honesty, I do not know. Uh, It's it's political. I don't think either side wants to have it done from what I'm told. And it isn't just their matchup. It's the Lady Bears and the Lady Panthers. Yeah. You have two top-level teams. Everybody would love to see that. It would be a very good benefit. Of course, you'd have to have it at JQH, but hey, that's fine. It'd be a big crowd, but oh no, I guess we have opposing forces, and not just from one side, but from both sides that don't want that to happen. At least that's what I'm assuming. Put it away. Let's do I know, it. Be Let's so have great. it. I mean, I get, I get the stance. If there is the only opposition, at least in my mind, logically, is we can own what we own, and that let us own what we own. I think it's a matter of the town bragging rights. Yeah, if that, one yeah. wins over the other, yeah. then hey, look, we're the. It, come on, it doesn't matter. It'd be a great game. That was oh, something man. that used to happen all the time. Yeah, and and you're exactly right that you know I my whole family went to Missouri State. And I have friends that went to Drury. Every, and Drury beat Missouri State frequently. In the, in the early going, they did. But I, I'll, I will tell you, I recall very well the first time they met after something like 40 years or 50 years of absence. Uh, I was here. It was 1976, just after they'd opened the Hammond Student Center. And uh, Bill Harding and Aldo Sieben, the two athletic directors, got together and they announced it at a tip-off club meeting. They said, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have a renewal of Southwest Missouri State and Drain. Everybody, big, big round of applause. They only drew 9,200 for that game. Wow. That was a full house at Hammond Center. 9,200. That atmosphere was unlike anything I have seen, well, seen back then. 
course, uh, since then, we've had the Bears in the NIT and the NCAA and Drury winning national championships. But that atmosphere was as electric as anything I've ever been in. And the game, I believe, if I remember correctly, was two points. Missouri State won or Southwest Missouri State won it by two, I think, in a really closely contested game. So, Let's get it going. So, yeah, we need to do the what the whole change.org website and get a petition started. Now, <laughs> what they do this, this, this. This time of day, or yeah. this time. <laughs> Until you change political mindset, though, I doubt very much that's going to happen. Well, they could raise money, too, with that game. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's the whole big, point. The they raise money for both big universities. Benefit, a huge benefit. And they could give it to charity. Lord heavens, we need, everybody needs help. Uh, I just, well, that's, that's the most intoxicating drug in the world, ego, yes. getting into this. We don't want to sacrifice our ego. No, we do not. It's unfortunate because everyone suffers when that happens. Well, you guys will get to sleep in a little bit on Sunday. Chiefs-Packers game is the uh, mid-afternoon game, so Ned Talk starts at 1 o'clock. It yeah. will be 1 o'clock, and our crew, I assume, Joe, will be here. The whole Josh and John will be here. Yeah. Good, good. Excited good. for to, to talk about last week's game and to look into the Aaron Rodgers Packers and see what we see. Well, and my, my thought on this and the very preliminary is – the Chiefs went from a one-and-a-half to seven-and-a-half point favorite. Hey, bookkeepers out in Las Vegas, are you looking at the Chiefs-Giants game last week? The Giants ain't the Green Bay Packers, folks, and Kansas City was lucky to get by them. Uh, I'm I'm just very surprised at that spread. I will say this really quickly, that, I, that a lot of people felt that last week was a, a turning point for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. or said that last week would be a turning point for the Chiefs. I think this week is the turning point for them to see how they play, even against without Aaron Rodgers there. I think this is your, this is the watershed mark of what sort of team all they it's, have. It's to share. one of them, one yeah. of them, because they have some others coming up: Dallas and Pittsburgh, and the Raiders, and people like this. Their conference teams. So there's a ways to go yet, but I would agree this is much more of a test than anything they've seen for a while. This yep. time, it's the only thing that I've wanted. I've said it so many damn times this season. I'm tired of saying it. Is consistency. Show me <laughs> consistency in this game on Sunday, and that's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. Our sister station in Eau Claire, who is the affiliate of the Packers, is going to call me this morning and get my take from a diehard Chiefs fan, and I'm just going to let him have it. Red and gold till I'm gray and old. Boys, go Chiefs. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks.